What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Diddleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. The holiday season is among us. I got Christmas music bumping all the time because Tiana bumps Christmas music (laughs) all the time. You're in the holiday spirit. How about you? You you get a tree. You don't do a tree. Uh, No, I don't normally do a tree. I don't really decorate. It's just my own apartment here. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, hanging out. If it were just me, it would be the same thing. Right. But I'm very pleased to have. You know, the house be at home, if you will. Yeah. So thanks, Tiana. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Rather than just a random bachelor pad in New York. <laughs> That's good, too. It is good. You know, each good. serves its purpose, if absolutely. you will. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we holiday season. You don't really see people get in the Thanksgiving spirit by playing Thanksgiving music. I, I think even over the holiday, we tried to like play a Thanksgiving playlist, and it's just like... It's mostly like just country songs that like sort of mention food once. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what it what it would fall into that category. Exactly, That's a, exactly. Because like what was on the playlist? Did you do like a Spotify yeah, Thanksgiving playlist? We didn't listen to it long. We just switched over to like classic rock or something like okay. that. But um, not that I don't. There's certain country songs I like, but um. Yeah, it's not like the domination of like Christmas music. Like as soon as Thanksgiving is over, even before Thanksgiving, it's just like you're in Christmas time. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. That's the because there's no Thanksgiving music. People think it's okay to start bumping the Christmas tunes November first, and I'm like, pump the mm-hmm. brakes here. Mm-hmm. I still think it's always lumped in like like Thanksgiving with the, the you know the winter holidays of you know Christmas and everything like that. And I I made a post where I was just like Thanksgiving should be like more lumped in with uh, really Halloween because we should right. really have more spooky turkeys. Like that would be a great way to celebrate Thanksgiving. Absolutely, <laughs> pumpkin spice can carry over a little longer. Yep, yep. It's all the harvest. That way, it's not so aggressive just in October. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, spread it out. Yeah, keep up your uh, giant uh, six-foot-tall Home Depot skeletons year-round. <laughs> <laughs> year-round? <laughs> yeah. Some people do that in my neighborhood here in New York, and you see them decorating them with just different holidays, wearing patriotic stuff from 4th of July. It's very fun. It's very fun. It's, it's good to get festive. It's It makes makes life uh, vibrant. Yeah, How? absolutely. How was your uh, holiday, Matt? Do you have a good Thanksgiving? You know what? It was fantastic. Yeah, did a small thing here at the house, and we do it early in the day because mm-hmm. we go to work at night. Yeah. So had a nice Thanksgiving show, which is beautiful. Um, during the holidays, um, it's it's the it's really really like just kind of a crazy busy time of year mm-hmm. in Vegas and for our shows. Now I think it like Christmas too, but I think like it depends on the show for like a family show. Like mine, I think, yes. If it's like Magic Mike, not so much. <laughs> yeah, you don't think everyone's taking the family out to the, uh, right, the burlesque right. strip show? Maybe. Right, right. Depends and not on to the like, family, not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not to not to mention, you know, not to bash any particular, in, you yeah. know what I mean by that. Yeah. I just mean in general. <laughs> the more family-friendly events, I think, tend to be like, really a draw during the holidays, is what I'm saying. Yeah. As opposed to like, you don't have like, bachelor bachelorette parties happening usually on like christmas eve 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's always <laughs> going to be some. I'm sure. <laughs> the uh, the question I have for you. So, what is it like to den- like first? You're doing a big meal. Uh, mm. Was it a vegan? I know you were. You've been on that kick. So yeah. Like, so yeah. for me, it was yes, mm-hmm. but not for everybody else. We actually right. had a turkey. Great for others. Gotcha. Yeah. Very good. But then you have a big meal. Then you got to do your show. Mm-hmm. And not only has that affect you as a performer, but like the audiences coming to your show have also probably had a big Thanksgiving meal. And everyone knows with the tryptophan and turkey and it right. makes you very sleepy. Do you feel a dip in energy? Is there excitement? Are people falling asleep in the show? Like, like tell me what, what the experience of, of performing on a major holiday like that after uh, well, celebrating. Yeah, here's the crazy thing. And like, I feel like, and the reason I just mentioned like holidays being a crazy time is because I think that comes as, as a surprise to most people. Yeah. As like, it also came as a surprise to me. Like, mm. I'm like, who's going right. to do these things on Christmas Day, right, for example? Right, right, right. But like, turns out everybody or, you know, and it's not just all international. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I have a hard time understanding exactly how folks going to like a show on Thanksgiving are celebrating Thanksgiving. I feel mm. like it's not in a traditional manner. Sure, sure. So like, I'm not sure if there is like, if they're doing a turkey dinner, is it a reservation after the show? Is it a reservation during the day? Is it, you right, know, are right. they are they just going to get whatever type of food? Could it be Italian or Chinese sure. food or yeah. like what? I, I don't really understand because I'm not seeing a massive difference mm. in terms of of you know, audience other than, you know, international travel might be a little bit heavier than normal, but it's all always other than during a global pandemic, it's always fairly heavy. Right. uh, International travel in Vegas anyway. So frankly, not noticing a huge difference other than Mm. when I bring people up Mm -hmm. and I ask, are you celebrating anything? The unfortunate answer I always keep getting because I'm fishing for useful information (laughs) for the show. Something to riff off of. Yeah. But they're all just saying Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh really? You're th- you're celebrating Thanksgiving today on Thanksgiving? Great. Yeah, and like no, no, it's for the whole week though. Yeah, oh, for the whole week. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like, and I always forget that. I need to like learn mm. that because then in the on the fly, I'm trying to like deal with that. Yeah. yeah. And like figure out like how to find other unique information that's not Thanksgiving. Right, right. That's the biggest difference, honestly. Interesting. That's yeah. yeah. That's really fascinating. Um, yeah, to do Thanksgiving. I know people go out for like, you know, meals and I'm sure if we're thinking it's mostly a, you know, tourist audience coming in and not like locals or something like that, then it's got to be something like that where they go into a restaurant before because who's who's traveling to Vegas with a giant turkey to cook? <laughs> it it might also just be <laughs> <laughs> in the carry-on yeah 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 i'd like to it, check this one turkey please <laughs> i i assume like there's, there's just a huge number of people that probably don't necessarily celebrate it in a traditional way yeah thanksgiving christmas included what have you but they still have the time off work in a traditional way so they go to vegas that's great that's great right yeah that's really fun so I'm assuming that that's part of it, but I really don't know. But like, wouldn't that come as a surprise to you that like the craziest weeks in Vegas would be Christmas week? Or is that not weird to no, you? I just feel like that's usually the same. I mean, just basing it off of New York. I mean, that's such a hot you New know, York is time. so Christmassy, though. It's you got so the big Christmassy. tree. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah, the yeah. Rockettes. Yeah, you got, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Whereas like Vegas, you don't necessarily think Christmas, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Do you do like references to like, do you make like Thanksgiving jokes or like call attention to these special moments or celebrations um, or holidays? Some shows do. Um, I, I tried not to. I almost try to like, Ignore um, it. I don't avoid it per se, but um, yeah. I don't like go out of my way to like do like a holiday show or things like that. But some shows do. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I really don't know what people are and aren't celebrating. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's tough to say. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Very cool. What's very going cool. on? What's going on with you? You had a good Thanksgiving? I did. Yeah, it was a uh, very small, you know, just with my very uh, immediate family and uh, just drove up to Massachusetts and back. Uh, but it, because... Uh, as what happens a lot with, uh, you know, as you're saying, holiday gigs and holiday uh, celebrations, you know, a lot of the speakeasy cast kind of, you know, is taking other things here and there. So there are more slots and I happen to be available. So I was just like, yeah, I can do the day immediately after Thanksgiving. So, um, awesome. yeah, I was at speakeasy all weekend, uh, which was now, a, I feel like that would be fun. super busy. Black Friday. Yeah, I mean, it's been, again, we're in holiday season, so the max we can fit in that room are 14 tables. So okay. having 14 magicians on, rotating around, uh, is uh, it's quite a lot of people. And each table's full, and there's a lot of talking, and, uh, you know, it just it's kind of going to stay steady that way through the end of the year, I believe. Uh, so lots of opportunities probably to catch me at Speakeasy, even though, you know, I'd never know when I'm going to be on until, you know, sometimes the week or a day before. Uh, but, um, yeah, keep checking out my uh, link tree on my social media. I'll post when I'm on there uh, if you happen to be in town. But also tickets sell fast. So that's the other <laughs> tricky part is sometimes right. I might be there. You might not be able to get tickets. Uh, but it's so much fun. And uh, especially this weekend, I think we were all kind of letting off a little steam uh, and one of the, the cast members uh, had a birthday that they couldn't celebrate earlier, so we went out this weekend. So, man, we went. I went to not only a nightclub Friday night, Matt, after the show, but then we went to a bar and a dance club, <laughs> dance bar, uh, after Saturday night's show. So uh, who's getting you to go out to these nightclubs? Um, just uh, random people after the show are just like, you want to come? Uh, it's actually uh-huh. interesting. A good friend of mine um, who's a great uh, card mechanic. You got a, you, you know, a Mark Calabrese. Oh, man. I really thought you said car mechanic. And I'm like, why are you telling me about a car mechanic? <laughs> card. Because um, you were talking D. about car mechanics before we started. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes, I do. I do know. I've seen Mark's work on online. He's mm-hmm. fantastic. And he does. Um, I mean, he's killer with a deck of cards. And it's yes. interesting to see. He sometimes after we do Speakeasy Magic, he goes and performs at a nightclub in New York. Oh, um, okay. And so I just went with him that Friday night to see him perform a little bit. And he's just doing kind of walk around strolling. And that has its own difficulties when you cannot speak because no one can hear you. (laughs) Right. Right. So I'm trying to like peek over because he's performing for all the VIP tables and stuff like that. And at the same time, I'm getting yelled by the bouncer who's like, you have to stay in this area and you can't go over to the VIPs. So I'm like catching things from the corner of his eye. But he has it down, man. It's all visual, right? And it's all just, you know, he's hitting things quick. He's entertaining the people that are there to be interested. There's obviously in a nightclub environment, people at the table that are 
you know, couldn't care less about the magician there. So he's just right. focused on the ones that are interested in magic. And then, uh, you know, he hits them quick with like a lot of visual card changes and things. The card they picking turn into the other ones. And he's just so good. And it's almost like he's not even doing half the amount of stuff he can really do if you get right. to see him perform. But he's serving a specific role there. And then if you want to see him like really bust out his chops, you could go to a show like Speakeasy or book him right. as well. Uh, but it's just interesting to see how you adapt and like using his phone fa- flashlight to get some more right. lighting on the table so people can see. Like it was just really, really interesting. And I was like, this is why there's no mentalist at a nightclub doing right. <laughs> my and it's still it's it's still such a challenging environment, even mm-hmm. if you have things you can sort of do visually without speaking. Um, really funny. I so I have a friend. Mm who has only seen me do magic. They haven't seen other magicians, but they've been to my show a number of times. And I brought this friend to Wonderground in Las Vegas years ago. Uh, I've performed there once. Yes. Yes. So Wonderground was a sort of once a month magic nightclub experience here Mm -hmm. by the legendary Jeff McBride. So we arrive at Wonderground with a, a group of people and now, mind you, so he doesn't know what silent magic is. He thinks that when he thinks what I do is magic. That's mm. you know what I mean. That's his yeah. only real frame of reference. Right. So we arrive and immediately, you know, we get seated. Jeff McBride comes over and immediately starts performing. But because there's loud music playing mm-hmm. and he's roving magic, right? You know, he's stro- yeah, Jeff yeah. is strolling now. Mm-hmm. He comes over to our group and is sort of silently doing this like coin routine. So he takes like a pillow and puts it on Mm -hmm. the table and uh, takes some coins and is immediately like going into these visual coin transformations and so on. And my friend Matt had absolutely no idea that the routine had even began. (laughs) It was almost (laughs) over by the time he realized what was even happening because he was so befuddled by the fact that this was a type of magic. (laughs) He was like, Oh, you know, as soon as, as soon as, Jeff walked away. He was like, oh, I didn't understand what was going on there. I I thought he was just setting up his stuff or whatever. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's so challenging because it does have to be attention getting and it has to be quick and visual and you still have to make an impact. And like, that was the great. And and Jeff's stuff, of course, checks all those boxes. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we take for granted that like we know what this is. We know that this is a magic performance. But for someone who's really not exposed they don't really know exactly what to expect. Right, right, you know? right. Yeah, and yeah. that was the great thing about seeing Mark perform because, like, such a difficult environment and you got people dancing and, like, this nightclub he's at is just very wild in general. So it's just, mm-hmm. like, to, to be able to pull that focus and get people to to react in the way they're doing is just, like, kudos to him. He's, like, such a pro in that that setting too so i i had to perform in nightclub settings in the past did you back in rhode island yeah and like i found myself using lots of flash paper yeah yeah to get that (laughs) burst of fire to get the attention toward you uh was it uh what's his name uh, on the dj there from jersey shore (laughs) it it very well could have been because this would have been before jersey shore so it could have been Very funny. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so it was fun, but uh, I'm still recovering, and uh, we're, we're recording early, so it's just like I've only really just recovered from the weekend of uh, Thanksgiving, and it's crazy going out. Uh, you must have felt right hours. at home at the nightclub, though. Oh, never. <laughs> Does anyone feel comfortable there? I mean, I know there are some that love it and do, but not me. 
Maybe, maybe. I, it was fun to see the experience, and then the night next night we went out to celebrate his birthday officially with the rest of the, the with the rest of the magicians at the speakeasy, and that was a lot of fun. We were just dancing like fools, and you know that was more of like a my more my scene where you're just like at a like a. Um, uh, we went to a place called Beauty Bar in New York, which is like mm-hmm. sort of like an old beauty boutique theme to it. But they got a dance floor and like great kind of like 80s music. And I was like, yes, this is this is nice. This is fun. I, I like where there's an area where there's at least like an option to converse somewhere. Yes. Yes. In yes, the yes, venue. Yes. Absolutely. Like I understand if there's loud music or even a loud band, whatever. But like I still want an option to be able to step aside somewhere where I can converse. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really interesting, too, because there is this camaraderie between the performers that, you know, sometimes we don't get to really uh, hang out because we're all doing our own individual shows at each table at Speakeasy. But then to, like, cut loose and see everyone kind of, like, let their hair down, so to speak, was fun. And it's just like those sort of like those late night at a magic convention where everyone's just chilling and hanging out like that's that. That's the fun part about doing the show is like getting along with all the other magic acts that are booked to do it. Yeah, we kind of got to do something like that last night. We had like a little bit of our stage manager put together a potluck. Because mm. Mm. Um, it was our last show before going into a break. Sure. So we had a little potluck going on. So all of us just kind of hanging out in the green room at the link with lots of great food and drink and just kind of relaxing after the show. You kick back and mm-hmm. have a lot mm-hmm. of laughs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. really fun. Uh, the only other really uh, uh, like exciting thing I did this weekend was a outdoor escape room mat in mm-hmm. uh, in Central Park. Me and a buddy and I, uh, uh, me and a buddy just went to Central Park. It was a gorgeous day for it. I was so worried when I originally booked this that it was going to be like raining or cold, but it was like fifties and like the it's all geo based off of an app. It's an Alice in Wonderland themed escape room, but you're following an app around. And you start uh, in like the middle, like the iconic Bethesda Terrace that everyone knows from like movies and stuff of what you think of like Central Park sometimes. And that's where you get your first clue. And then you literally have to walk around the park and it knows it's tracking you with GPS to see where you're in certain spots of the park. And it gives you other clues and riddles. And uh, like some of them were actually um, geography based puzzles for example we had to catch the mad uh the uh the march hare who was this is like pokemon go is that how it works sort of it's sort mm-hmm. of in a way using a similar like you go to a certain area and then you get like a puzzle and then mm-hmm. you're like one of them we had to like figure out which one of the two twins was Tweedledum and which one was Tweedledee, and that one took place at the iconic alice in wonderland statue in the park so it's like it tied in a little bit uh with the things that were already happening in the park but they're just using using most of the landmarks from central park as like the uh the point of interest and then you would get you know riddles sometimes and boy was i prepared for riddles (laughs) some of them yes i had heard before (laughs) and were very easy to solve because of that um but it was a really fun adventure to uh, go around and try and track things. There was a, one cool puzzle where you had to find the Cheshire Cat, and it okay. wasn't listed as one of the point of interest on the app. All you did was get a little thermometer, and it was telling you if you were hot and cold. So you had to walk around and try and catch where he was because he's invisible, right? So like right. in the story. So it was like little little touches like that were really exciting. 
Uh, and then you get a prize. Uh, or, or they haven't really announced them, but there were prizes for like best dressed because lots of people were doing this in costume. Uh, best team name, which I'm pretty proud of our team name, which was Hatter's Gonna Hat. Pretty good, huh? Pretty I good. think that is pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it was one of the most creative of the over 100 teams that did this. Wow, over 100. How yeah. do people have time to do this? Uh, it was the, the you know, Saturday after Thanksgiving. I just feel, oh, okay, so people are on break. <laughs> there was a lot of people in the park, and like I was half-jokingly, I was like, there's so many tourists here, and they're just casually strolling. What are they doing that for in a park? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, of course, that's what you do in a park. But um, the... Um, um, but the, uh, of all the teams over a hundred that did it, we came in third place. That's on, pretty darn good. And we did it about an hour and 20 minutes. And wow. you know, some people did it. I think the fastest was like an hour and four minutes. So we weren't far off, but like, good on you. They, they based it out in like two, three hours, uh, of time that you should have scheduled to do this. So what is the level of like nerdery on something like this? Well, I think the puzzles were fairly easy because a lot of families were kind of doing it. Okay, know, with, that's what I'm trying to get children. a vibe of, yeah. like, who's doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But uh, sometimes you get two, uh, two magicians that just <laughs> do it on their own. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and weren't dressed up, but, uh, but still had a lot of fun and, and solved the puzzles. So, uh, yeah, it was a good experience. And, I mean, it was also just like, this is a good excuse to walk around in the park on a nice day. So No decorating, no dressing up, but still having fun. And a good team name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll always do a pun, Matt. But speaking of riddles, I think it's that time, Matt, that we get to diddle me this. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Look at that amazing transition from one topic into... It's like we planned this. Seamless. <laughs> Seamless. Uh, okay, here we go. Antony and Cleopatra are lying dead on the floor in an Egyptian villa. Nearby is a broken bowl. There are no marks on their bodies, and they were not poisoned. Not a person was in the villa when they died. How did they die? I'm immediately sucked into the theme mm. of this whodunit. Yes. They're not poisoned. There's a broken bowl that is where in proximity to them? It says nearby. Okay. There's a broken bowl. They were not poisoned. And there were no other people present when they died. Yes. And we're led to believe that they died at the same time? Uh, I think that's a safe assumption with this. Okay. And the names don't matter. Uh, they're probably there to try and throw you off. Okay. Make assumptions. I don't remember them. Antony? Antony and Cleopatra, which are named after the famous, you know, uh, you know, uh, conquerors from Greece and Egypt and yeah. their relationship. Uh, but I think they're just using those as examples. It's okay. not actual Queen Cleopatra, right. <laughs> you know. Antony and Cleopatra are dead. Are lying dead on the floor mm -hmm. in an Egyptian they're villa. They're lying dead on the floor in an Egyptian villa. No one was there when they died because they have been dead for a very long time. What? what? <laughs> it's they're, asking, they're, they're like uh, mummies. You know it, what I mean? Well, it's not asking like 
why are there dead people in this villa? <laughs> why 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 is why are they died in this villa? They're asking how did they die? Well, I mean, most people die of some sort of like heart disease or something. That's the most common cause of death in the U.S. Anyway, I don't know about in Egypt. Okay, so your go your answer to this riddle is heart disease, and you also thought this is the riddle I would ask you. Well, I mean, if I'm playing the odds, right? I mean, I mean, I'm in Vegas, so wouldn't heart disease be like the most likely correct answer? Now, I'm not going to go back and replay it because I almost. Um, said something that I did correct for those listeners who do go back uh, because mm -hmm. I did say something that I, I wanted to avoid making that assumption. But there are a lot of assumptions that it's trying to force you to make in this riddle using the Egyptian theme and everything like that. But it's a lot simpler than that, Matt. Okay. Do you want to hear it again? Uh, I guess. Antony and Cleopatra are lying dead on the floor in an Egyptian villa. Nearby is a broken bowl. There are no marks on their bodies and they were not poisoned that a person was in the villa when they died. How did they die? Any other guesses? Are you going to stick with heart disease and then I'll give you well, the buzzer? Well, I mean, there are very very few options here. They, they either inflicted the death upon each other simultaneously, which feels very unlikely compared to heart disease. Um, <laughs> You're going with murder-suicide or heart disease. Su suicide is obviously another option, but they have no marks, and mm -hmm. you would have some mark from that. Mm -hmm. um, old age? Mm -hmm. I At don't the same understand time, the maybe? Oh, I don't understand the significance of the broken bowl. The broken bowl is probably the biggest key to this. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What assumptions are you making about Antony and Cleopatra already? That and they're it, humans. That is a big assumption, which is why I had to correct what I said earlier. What I said they were killed people. by another animal, and they're animals. They no, because they would still have marks. That would be great, but what 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 animal uh, is associated with a bull? A bull? Yeah. What kind of animals do you have? Maybe in dog your bowls. house or other other people's dog bowls. House. Yeah. What else? What What's in a dog bowl usually? Dog food. What What else? What's another dog? Water. Bowl? Okay. Maybe it's not a dog bowl though. With water. Cat bowl. With water. A water bowl. Yeah. What What kind of animals are in a water bowl? A fish. That's it. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna give you this. <laughs> Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, who's to say? Do fish have hearts? They were, yeah, yeah they were, they were goldfish, and uh -huh. they died when their bowl was knocked over by a dog or if anything shook in the bowl. Fell. Wow, that is that is a strong riddle. That is a tough riddle because there's a lot of assumptions, but that bowl gives it away. I like it. Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. Hey, do you know? Do you by chance know what U.S. state is credited with inventing the chocolate chip cookie? I don't. Oh, good. That's that, your question. Is that the question? <laughs> Wait, is that you can't just ask me something first if I know it or not, and then be like, "That's gonna be your question." 
Oh no no, I, 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 it's it's right on my sheet here. Okay, you, fair. You, you casually happen to answer off the bat that you weren't sure, and I had already asked it at that point. All right, so is that the question? In which U.S. state were chocolate chip cookies invented? <laughs> now I want to say that in the back of my mind, I do know this somewhere. Like I feel like I've heard this, but I mean, I feel like it's probably disputed too. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be disputed. <laughs> right? I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's got to be. Uh, but I want to say maybe it's just hometown pride. That's Massachusetts. I hate you. That is, is it correct. Massachusetts? <laughs> How did you get that? Well, it's just one of those things. I was like, I think I had read a story a long time ago of someone claiming that they just put like chips into cookie dough or whatever. And that was the first example of it. I didn't even give you choices. No, I just somewhere Massachusetts proud had to had to <laughs> had to go for it. <laughs> Good for you. Good on you. Yes, yes. Um, what else, Matt? Matt, I did a um, I went to a friend's theater festival. Uh, the, the, the other event I did this weekend to wrap up uh, was uh, there's a New York theater fest yeah. where you can put up theater shows in different mm-hmm. venues around town. And I had a buddy who wrote a theater show uh, and performed with another buddy of mine. It was a fun two-person um, uh, comedy about two people getting st- uh, stranded on a desert island. So you get like the Waiting for Godot vibes and stuff like that. But um, the thing I want to bring up is what happened before the show. Because we, we went with a bunch of friends to go and support them and everything like that. I was a producer by donating to like their GoFundMe and stuff like that to get the show off the ground. But um, we went in going to expect to see just the show. And this is why I want to talk about expectations. <laughs> because mm. what we were not aware of was the show was paired with another performance okay. of a solo performer doing what what I would call the most stereotypical cringy version of a one-man show you can imagine. (laughs) Really? And we had no idea when the lights came down that this was going to be the first show. (laughs) So I I am like, what is happening? Are we in the right place? They gave us Mm -hmm. a program, but they didn't give us a program for this other show. So, <laughs> but you said you had friends that were in the show. Like they didn't tell you, by the way, there's an opening one man show. They told us after the fact. They go, we probably should have warned you. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yes, a hundred percent. So I just want to say, expectations are huge. Like if you are <laughs> living up to, like thinking about one thing's gonna happen. Like I'm sure. The guy worked really hard on it, and I just, the moment that I was not on board right away, I could not get back on board and give this the respect it wanted. (laughs) I don't know. I I said wanted instead of deserved. I heard what you said. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, it was unbelievable. So, like, so many things could have changed the expectation. This is the psychology that I really thought was interesting behind it, because when we walked in, uh, it's a small theater. Like, again, these are kind of like experimental plays, so it's not drawing in a huge Broadway audience. It's a handful of people are checking out the you know certain shows in New York uh, Theater Festival, and it's normally friends and family, right, because you're supporting mm-hmm. your friends. So the moment we get in, we're, get, we're faced at the box office with a very 
grumpy man who's running the theater <laughs> and handing us the program and just like sit wherever. So we're already like, we're, well, this is weird. So the expectations are already strange. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're running the theater festival, wouldn't you th- expect someone in charge of the theater festival would like welcome people and be like, we're in great, you're in a good, uh, you're in store for a great evening of theater where we're going to see two shows, one mm-hmm. show here by so-and-so, and this other show by so-and-so. Then boom, okay, we're on board. We know what we're getting. But to just ambush an audience, <laughs> not know anything about it, I just mm-hmm. find it so fascinating, Matt. <laughs> I just think such an easy fix that changed the whole entire experience. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to deal with that. I mean, it was it's funny for the story, man. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's really, it is. really funny. But I mean, they did a great job and we we're happy we went and supported their show. Like once that first show was over, like, all right, we're on board. And then like they did a great job. But I'm just awesome. Like, such an easy sometimes it's those minor details, right? Those minor things that you don't think can change right. the whole thing. There was um there was an idea that I learned back in music school. Uh, studying music is like um, when when trying to set up either teaching or whatever, I forget the exact example, but the metaphor they used is the powerful part where if you think of an archer with a bow and arrow, right? Mm-hmm. All they're doing is doing that first initial part where they're aiming the bow, cocking the arrow back at the right pressure, getting the exact right. angle where they're going to release it. And then all they have to do at that point is let go and the physics and the gravity of it does all the automatic stuff. So the arrow is going to follow an exact path that most people can predict where it's going to end at the end. You know, mm-hmm. once you account for wind and all this other stuff. So what I'm saying is like, you're taking this moment, just a, just a few seconds to set up that expectation where you're going to go. And then everything else is going to fall into place after that. Um, yeah. It's what I say when I'm like, you know, putting together a variety show. It's like setting up the stakes at the start, having a good host, intro it, get that energy up. Everything else is going to fall in place. Same idea. So I think there's a lot of uh, psychological benefits in dissecting this kind of stuff that we can use as performers or just in everyday life to, you know, make sure that things go the way that people want them to go or make things easier for you as you go. Right. So, right. so that was the lesson I took away from this theater fest experience. <laughs> That's I've, intense, man. Expect the unexpected. That's all I can say. But I, I wanted to bring this back to your show because the moment people come into your theater experience, you've thought about what the pre-show is, what the expectation is. And can you yeah. talk a little bit about why you do some of the decisions that you do? Yeah, I mean, you never really can control people's expectations exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a challenging thing, right? So if someone comes in familiar with your work, it, it, it's easier. Mm-hmm. If, if someone's not familiar, they might really not know what to expect. As we were just talking about, like, Wonderground, where yeah. magic yeah, was yeah. happening silently, like, that didn't fit his expectation of what magic was, so he was just, like, immediately confused, right? Right, right. So, like, sometimes it's no fault of ours as performers, and it's just one of those things where people do have a wide variety of expectations, so it's in your best interest as the performer to try to, like, set them properly. Um, right, right. If you if I did something at the top of the show that was, like, a big illusion... Mm-hmm. I think it would probably set a false expectation of like what the rest of the show is going to be. Like if it started mm-hmm. out with like 
some sort of sawing in half or something stereotypical like that. Right. I think that's a great example, too, because uh, and, and again, always tying this back to improv is once you set up one point of a pattern and then follow the second point of the pattern, people are going to extrapolate that along the same line to predict where it's going to go. So if you're doing an illusion at the top of your show, people are just mm-hmm. going to automatically imagine, oh, the rest of the show is just going to be more big illusions throughout the whole thing. But the mm-hmm. fact that you start with you, personality, and what, what I don't even know what the start of your show is currently because I know it's changed a bit, but the uh, like you're doing a card thing and you're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of cards in your show. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you vary it up, of course. But that yeah. sets the expectation. But they're they're giant cards, right? So yeah. like it's it, even that has a subliminal of like, oh yeah, this isn't something that this mm-hmm. isn't a card trick. This right, isn't right, just like, right, right. You know, something I've seen, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're breaking the expectation of what people already think about card tricks, but yep. then you're also setting it. It's still in the realm of what your show is. Yeah. But I want to even talk before that, Matt. Okay. As people are entering the theater. Yeah. One, they take a nice escalator up with your billboard right there, so they're already getting excited. You got the standout, the cutout of you there, so they yeah. can do the photos. They're already excited to see you. And then they see the theater, which is another great wow moment of seeing you know the lights and the seats and everything and how gorgeous the theater is. And then what do you play before the show, Matt? Uh, just footage from my TikToks and Instagrams and things like that. Right. So now you're setting up the expectation of people who don't know you, you know, if they're mm-hmm. there, getting the sense of your personality. They're yep. seeing you do amazing card and sleight of hand and mm-hmm. video stuff. So now that's setting, oh, this is what he's, be- you know, he's nailing these things. And that's kind of the vibe of the show. And then, of course, when the show starts, it's just raising it to that next level of right. you know, production value and, ma- you know, everything. So I think you really narrow the focus of people's expectations every step of the way leading into the start of the show yeah man try to you know you try to and the other thing is like pre-show is so important all great shows have like a great pre-show i feel like yeah yeah and, Setting the and that tone. was something i wanted to work on because i didn't mm-hmm. have much of a pre-show going back a few years so i was like that to the whole instagram or tiktok idea felt good because i would watch audiences i'd go up in the loft and watch the audience as they came in night after night and people would just go on their phone Right. And it's no fault of theirs. Mm-hmm. We weren't giving them another activity to do. So by right. putting the TikTok content up there, because mm-hmm. I see them scrolling through it anyway, years yeah. ago or Instagram yeah. at the time, at that time, um, you know, now I'm getting them from their phone up to mine, from from their content up to mine. Yeah, that's amazing. Right? That's a great adjustment, and that's so smart uh, to do. Because yeah, you're right. Everyone's gonna just when you have nothing to do, you're gonna scroll on your phone. Right. So give them now something I'm doing to it do. For you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. So anyway, I just think there's a lot of lessons we could do from learning from uh, not so great experiences, like <laughs> being you learn ambushed, what not to do. Being ambushed by uh, what is happening? Where are you're we? Right. Am- I literally texted my friend, and you're not supposed to text during a show. I did it very covertly, just by on my watch, one letter at a time, <laughs> going. Are we in the right place? Because <laughs> we Did he literally read it covertly. He was well. He was backstage. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my god! You were, you were taunting the performers that were about to come out. They had to sit through a whole show. They had the time. <laughs> Awful. You could have waited till after. That's all I'm saying. Well, unless you really weren't sure if you were in the right place, which I, sounds possible. We weren't. We weren't sure. It was like we were in a different world. 
Oh man, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was really fun. It is. <laughs> and a good story. Um, Matt, we had homework. Do you want to dive into our homework? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. All right. You were bringing up on our last episode, if you haven't listened to it, uh, uh, three questions that marketers use to better understand what they're selling, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And those questions were... Who do I think I am? Mm-hmm. Who do other people think I am? Mm-hmm. What do I think other people think I am? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote it. I think I just wrote it down slightly differently. Or if I said it last week slightly differently, I said, "How do you see yourself? How do others see yourself? Or how do others see you? And how do you think others see you?" That's that's yeah, the same. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That works. So that do, checks, do you checks. do this? Yeah. So I had done I did like a little um the hardest part right is to like see what other people think of you right because so the just, first one is how you see yourself and then how you think others see you but to do the second one you literally have to ask people to yeah do i it. did that i did that on on social media oh amazing oh yeah, great I did that's that. smart i didn't even think to do that i it, just it's, i just it's skipped smart, it but Matt, when i did the homework <laughs> it, it's smart but you just went straight to question 3 yeah <laughs> um I, it's smart, but it's limiting because I found that when you do that, um, it's like a, a it's a biased pool of people you're asking that are yeah. most likely going to like tell you complimentary things. Yeah, that is the tricky part when you're going to your audience already. You need to have a larger sample size of people that you know aren't following you on social media too to get yeah, an accurate. Yeah, portrayal. and the, yeah. and here's the other problem. Mm-hmm. I did I did the questions in order. Mm. So I found out what other people think, mm. and then I had to answer question three, which is, "What do you think other people think?" Right. You should probably do that one second, and then the right, third one, right, yeah, yeah. See if it aligns. So yeah. you know, it's it's a uh, it's a challenging little exercise, but the idea is to try to find an area where they all overlap, mm-hmm. and that is, in theory, your sort of key, um, the the central message of your branding. Yes. They so say. do you want to share your results at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I put for uh, who I think I am, I put passionate, driven, positive, And I wrote someone who loves to learn and grow and explore new knowledge and experiences. Mm. Mm. To me, that's pretty accurate. Like I have a genuine curiosity to like learn and grow and do things. Um, and I feel like that goes hand in hand with the first three things I mentioned, passionate, uh, driven, and positive. So those are kind of the things that came to mind for me. Yeah. Do you I want to w- do your number one? Yeah. I was, yeah. Well, I was going to say what I see on you, but I guess, cause we could definitely do that second one back to each other. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's hard to know how to structure this here. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, I would, uh, I'll say for me, um, similar ideas of like, always seeking uh, I would always put fun loving first fun loving um, so, sort of brainy intellectual at times but always looking for the the fun and things uh, and always seeking new things to learn as well as a big mm-hmm. key part probably why we do this podcast together Matt to be there honest. you go <laughs> uh, and yeah I, I would say funny too I'd like to see myself as funny so yeah sure. And then the second one, now you didn't ask anybody, right? 
I didn't ask anyone, but I'm, you know, I pulled from information from when I've done similar exercises in the past. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. we talked about in the last episode, these acting things of what kind of uh, stereotypical roles would you play if you were cast by a casting director? You, you literally stand there and people shout out things. So, like, I get a lot of things like, you know, tech, you know, operator, you know. <laughs> you know that oh, kind you of get stuff. things that are like straight up wrong. No, well, they're they're telling you what characters you could be playing. Oh, in a movie, oh, right, right, right yeah, okay. yeah. So like a lot of like you know, guy at the behind the desk kind of like nerdy best friend, you know, comic relief sidekick kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. So so I get a lot of that. So I kind of know what I'm already portraying as soon as right. I sit down and people see me and kind of visualizing me. So that is that is also ties into the third one of how people see me. But I think mm -hmm. those who are who get to know me see the deeper depths behind it of like, you know, the the intellectual, the very well thought out, um, uh, you know, even like with some of my magic peers. Uh, cause I, <laughs> that's the other thing I did have a friend of mine was just like, comment below on this post and I'll tell you what I think of you. <laughs> so I did that once and he had very nice things to say, of course, but he's like, you're always have everything more thought out than people even realize. And I know mm -hmm. everything's going to be polished and you kind of get to that level of, uh, not perfectionism, but like that level of quality that you want to get to. Right. So, uh, so I think that's how I think others see me as well. So I did two. I did the last two together there. Sure. That's good. Yeah. Um, that's the challenge too. And I feel like I'm getting it a little bit, even from that, where, where, you know, comment below on this and I'll tell you what I think of you. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is when you ask other people, they're generally going to be complimentary, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing. It's a great yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the things I got back were sort of inspiring, talented, um, big heart, dedicated, motivated, aware, responsible. Someone wrote someone with grit, which I thought was like oddly accurate. Oh, actually. funny. Yeah. Um, hardworking, funny. So like they're just sort of compliments that like we all want to think of ourselves for the most part. But yeah. I'm not sure that they're specific enough to, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. I don't know how much that I'm getting like honest. I, it's honest for sure. But is it a wide enough range of like what people right. really think? Yeah, I think you need a wider sample, uh, you know, size. But also, those like anonymous apps, like those were going on in social media for a while. Of like, ask me anything anonymously, or like mm -hmm. submit a comment anonymously. Mm -hmm. Like those are those are fun too. But it's also the same pool of people. And then it's yeah, like, I should have done that. I should have done an mm -hmm. anonymous one. Mm -hmm. But that it's also like, good. are you just now? saying something brutally honest because you know <laughs> like that's the other thing are you just trying to be a little bit harsher because you know it's anonymous i mean that's that's all internet comics to, comments to begin with when you're using a username that's not your real name you know like right pe people say mean things on the internet because they know they can hide behind that anonymity so <laughs> uh, so i just i i, I just uh i just realized this I, i'll tell you what it says it just goes to show like a little bit of imposter syndrome here mm. on number three, like my opinion of what I think other people think of me is much different than like the responses I got back. Cause oh, one of the yeah. words I wrote was average. Oh, interesting. Um, I think, I think as performers though, we all have a bit of that imposter syndrome of, I like, think so, but yeah. I forgot that I wrote that. I just looked down and saw oh, that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, um and it's, it is, that's how I feel. Sometimes it's interesting to see that 
compared to what people give you and to sure. see that juxtaposition, right? So then you can like when you are feeling that or the imposter syndrome, go to those other comments and be like, well, right, no one else right, is right. seeing that, right? So it's like almost like therapeutic in a way to know right. that that is sometimes just in our heads. Well, it wasn't just all negativity. Like right, right after right, average, right. I also wrote special. Yeah, cool. Like, because right. I feel that too. Like I feel that other people have expressed that in a way mm-hmm. too. Um, I wrote tricky, mm. uh, fun, and entertaining. Those... So now it's like the idea of like, okay, which ones overlap, you know? And and anyway, yeah. w- what would you say for the third one for you? Oh, I kind of already covered it based on. Okay. Of, you, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because yeah, you, you mixed it with two. I mixed it with two. You yeah, did the yeah. blending. I yeah. did the blend. But okay. I think it's good to, even though this is a difficult exercise to do, because it's not exact science, obviously. No. You're just basically market research of what you think. But like to find what you want to then lean into and what you don't normally lean into and see, oh, if you want to, quote, reinvent yourself or go a different way sometimes, like, oh, yeah, there are other facets that I could heighten if I wanted to, if you wanted to do, like, a rebrand or whatever. But to also then, like, play it or it adds layers and textures as well if you, you know, want to add, you know, that element to a longer stage show or theater piece or something like that uh and just just being able to have options to pull from uh to see where everything kind of aligns and doesn't align right right it's a it's a challenging exercise honestly it really is. but hopefully uh hopefully people will find it maybe a little bit useful yeah and if you are a listener we encourage you to try and put yourself under the microscope like we just did (laughs) You don't even have to be a performer, honestly. And I think I touched on this last week. Like, brand is a thing, like, Mm -hmm. period. Like, even if you're just going on, like, uh, job interviews or, Mm -hmm. I guess, dating apps. I mean, (laughs) whatever it is, like, there's always something that that you could refer to as brand, so to speak, or personality. Yeah, which is why I've always resonated with those uh, those memes where it's like how I see myself, how my mom sees myself. Yes, <laughs> you know, like those, yes. And it's all different like little cartoon memes or whatever the picture they choose are. And it's yep. always something totally different. But that just shows that people are multifaceted. We can sometimes uh, – it's also good to know from the other outsider's perspective when you are looking at someone else, it's like, oh, even though I'm getting this specific trait, maybe that's mm-hmm. what they're – trying to get me to get or you know maybe i shouldn't be quick to judge because there are other facets that we can explore with this person we don't have to just go off the one um idea or trait that there that comes to mind so it it, it's a good reminder from the selling and the buying perspective i think right uh, to, to, to know that that's what's going on Life lessons happening right here at Mind Over Magic, number 126. 126. Matt, let's jump over to our goals, shall we? I I love this because we're on a short week, Uh and I'm broadcasting from my uh, updated office. I am back in the office. You nailed it. You accomplished your goal. My goal was to get TVs out of the the old TVs out of my exercising space that I did not do because I was away all weekend. So I was going to predict it. I could just tell by your tone that the TVs were still there. (laughs) But I do have time since we again, we're recording very early this week. Time for the whole rest of the week. So I'm giving myself an extension on this goal to do it. 
Uh, by the way, disposing of large electronics in New York, not an easy task. <laughs> right. you got to figure out where to drop them, yeah. all this stuff. Do I just put them on the stoop and then post and hopefully people take it? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how this all works. I'll look into it. We'll figure it out. Uh, but, uh, but other than that, was also trying to get back to a little VR. I'll do that when I have the space to do so. But I actually got sat down and was able to read and be a little bit more creative. So I'm going to give myself a check mark for uh, half of my goals. For You're allowed to celebrate half that. A, half a week here. Uh, what do you want to do for next time, Matt? Oh, I'm, I'm going to try to be present and really kick back and uh, have a good week. That's good. Have a good week. Yeah. That is my goal. And I mean that sincerely, actually. It's not even a cop out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to rest after a crazy weekend, uh, which is good because I do have some downtime. I was just talking to a friend about uh, being more accountable to each other in terms of writing because I know he wants to be writing more and I want to be writing more. So we're Mm -hmm. just saying like, hey, why don't we, you know, just... We don't have to write together, but like, let's be in the same room, set a time, sit with our laptops and write. And that way uh, we know we're not scrolling the phones or getting distracted by other stuff. And then, you know, every once in a while you can pitch ideas and bounce ideas off each other. But just to like have an accountability buddy to write. So that's going to be my goal is at least get one session to start and hopefully more after that. Love it. Uh, and then how about recommendations, Matt? What do you, uh, anything I, I to don't recommend? have a recommendation for this week. Nothing. Was I supposed to bring one? Uh, Is this a thing now? I have to bring been a recommendation. Adding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything you saw or do any movies? I saw the enchanted the second one. Cause I told you I saw the first one. So I watched disenchanted. Yeah. Did you like it? I haven't seen it yet. I didn't. Okay, great. So it's an anti recommendation. Yeah. That's what I'll give you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt says avoid. Is there anything though that like is exciting that you can recommend? Books, uh, magic books, anything? Um, I have to think about that stuff coming I didn't bring up. A recommendation today. Your show. You can recommend your show. That would just be too um, <laughs> self-serving or pompous or something. I no, that's just what that. uh, people would see and portray. You as I'll, if listen, you I'll recommend that. my show, but I'm not going to mention it again if you ask me to do a plug. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're using these marketing techniques and you say that and you think people are going to say that about you, the oh. Venn diagram might not overlook. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay, well, I'll have you pass on uh, just not watched <laughs> Disenchanted. Uh, I saw, uh, since we solved a, um, a, a fish crime from the riddle, uh, and I mentioned a whodunit last week. I went to the theater the night before Thanksgiving, Matt, and I saw the new, it's a limited release in in because it's ne- going to be on Netflix streaming, but they did a li- limited theatrical release, the new Knives Out movie called Glass Onion, and it was fantastic. One of the best experiences I've had in the movies in a long time. Just it literally the layers peel back as the plot unravels. I think you would really like it. There's some social commentary on stuff that's going on in the world, uh, obviously, but it's it's a really, really well done. This is in mystery. theaters? Uh, it's in theaters for probably just like less than a week now. What's it called? Glass Onion. All right. And it's uh, going to be on streaming soon. Okay. Yeah. Right. So definitely, I'm curious if you catch it. 
uh, but just it kept me guessing the whole way, and you know, oh, a good mystery. So I have a fantastic recommendation. Here we go. I knew it would inspire something. So I'm a YouTube person. I like watching things on YouTube. Sure. I've mentioned some sort of scam baiting things in the past, but Trilogy Media has really stepped up their game. That's a YouTube channel. Trilogy Media. They okay. released a one-hour uh-huh. video uh, this week, and it's just fantastic. They went to confront a scammer in person, and they so they pose as a victim. But mm. when they got there, they found a box of cash of like 25 grand from an actual victim. Wow. And they got the police involved and they got it back to the victim. I love Pretty that. Amazing. You're now past like the true crime genre of like podcasts and TV. And now you're like literally just watching YouTube of actual crime. Yep. That's it. <laughs> it's, <the> next, <laughs> it's not true crime. It's level. actual crime. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are crazy, man. These guys are nuts. Catching actual criminals. Wow. Yes. Seriously. Amazing. It's 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 wild. I don't know how they have the, uh, you know, gusto to do what they're doing. It's 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 awesome. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Well, Matt, what do you got to plug? Nope, I already <laughs> I already excused myself from that. So thank you very much. I'll do it. Check out Matt's show. Uh, <laughs> order tickets at Ticketmaster. Go to mattfrago.com uh, to see you in your busy holiday season. Uh, yes, sir. And uh, and beyond. Uh, I'm coming to the Seven Feathers Casino in Oregon at the end of the month on December 30th. If you're in that area, I would love to see you. Uh, also, we'll be in, doing a lot of speakeasy magic probably this month. So uh, check out my link tree. See where uh, my public shows are. And, of course, it's holiday party season. So those are always rolling in. It's getting very busy over here, Matt. So uh, if you want to book me last minute for your holiday party, you can visit ericdittleman.com and get in touch there. Of course, Matt, we also couldn't do the show without our fabulous patrons. So let's give a big shout out to those who support us over at patreon.com. Give big thanks to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. Thank you so much for being here. And if you want to be... Thanked on air as well. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast. Uh, check us out on our website, mindovermagicpodcast.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We always love uh, listener mail. So feel free to uh, shoot us an email at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com and hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod. Is that it, Matt? Did we cover everything? This episode is... Now, over. (laughs) You got me. (laughs) I didn't get you.